This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin. Would you look at that, Mike? And this is Season 2, Episode 9 of Banging on the Drum. I'm your host here, Pat, along with my co-host here, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Doing well, P-Dog. Doing well. I like how you threw it back with the P-Dog. I didn't think that was uh, landing hard enough. And I always feel weird calling you a... When you say co-host, it means like you're equals, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. But I can see what you're saying that makes it feel like I'm lesser. Well, I am. I'm going to be 100% honest here. I don't do the docs. Like today, I shit the bed on stuff. But I, I think we'll roll through it pretty well. But no, today, um, today is going to be good, Mike. Only, okay. only good vibes coming in it. But, but Pat just does don't, most of the work here. So he is like the lead host for sure. See, I don't even like that. I want it collateral hosts. But I just feel like when I say, I'm your host with my co-host, like you're my co-host and I'm not your co-host, whatever. We'll think of a better way to start saying that. But anyways, it is a beautiful we don't day. Need to. I'm respecting it. <laughs> okay. But anyways, it is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin. And how are you doing up there in West Central Wisconsin, Mike? Uh, doing great. Um, we've had a pretty good week. Uh, when we say that it's a beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, that's been mostly true all fall, right? So we've got some cool days, but nothing that's been terrible. No, like, overly rainy, like, days or days that turn into weeks of rain. It's perfect. Dude, when I was back up in Wisconsin, it was the best weather I've felt all year. Like I enjoyed hot beach weather, but like there's something about 50 in the morning and like 70 in the afternoon. That's just perfect to me. Yeah, that Saturday that you were in town too was like awesome in Madison too. Like that oh, day yeah. was like a perfect day. Great day for a wedding. Um, yep. Not a great day for a football game, but, you know, that's mostly because of how they performed. Yeah, but it looks like from that performance, there was some fires lit under some guys' asses, at least. But we will get into that later. How about we start here with your unders and overs, overs and unders, overs and unders, unders and overs. Yeah, so uh, so going with my under right off the jump, I'm a little bit sore from this weekend, I had to work this weekend, which was downfall, split my weekend in half, had Friday off and then I had um, Sunday off. So I had to work on Saturday, which makes it a terrible weekend for me to begin with. But then on Sunday, I ripped out my bathroom floor that I put in, that I just put in like five years ago, it was tile floor, but they were all cracking because I didn't take the time to level my floor before I put it in oh, the first boy. time. Well, yeah, because I'm a moron, right? Um, we were we were kind of in a rush five years ago to get into the house. Um, I had started a new job and just moved back from Kansas, and we were like hustling to get into the house. And so I just put it in instead of leveling it out. So I had to rip all that tile floor out this weekend. And so now I'm just like, I'm sore today because I don't work out enough anymore. And then I'm like, there, there's so many sayings that just like per uh pertain to that situation you know measure twice cut once 
do it right the first time. You won't have to do it again. What the heck were you thinking? Well, so I like to do things twice, you know, gets more experience that way. If I have to do it twice, that is true. (laughs) Um, No. So like I was just going fast. Right. And so I didn't want to live where I didn't have, I was like on a sub floor for like months on end and then started a new job. Didn't know how much time I would actually have to finish the bathroom. And now like, I feel like I have more time, like I'm settled into that job. I don't need to have all my mental capacity to show up at work every day. Right. So if I'm sore and like kind of out of it when I go to work today, like nothing super bad is going to happen. I think like one of my groups, one of my groups today was that we watched a movie. We watched Insidious 3. One of my groups today. Perfect little group. Get to write my notes, sit down and watch movie. It's the, one of the best groups I have of the week. Pool room, where I shoot pool for an hour, is also really good. One of my favorites. It, insidious. Is that the one where they're like so obsessed or something? Yeah, I was like writing notes and making phone calls and I wasn't paying attention at all. Oh, okay. I think it's Insidious 3, so it was like the prequel to it too. So I, I, I like, I was completely zoned out on it. I just had to make sure nobody was like fighting or fucking. So there you go. Yeah, no, I've watched one of those and it was creepy. So I was just curious. I'm not a big scary movie guy either. So I don't, I don't really watch them. Don't pay attention. So anyway, a little bit sore. Um, but I'm pretty excited about finishing my bathroom floor correctly this time. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe in five years, I'll be making the same complaint again, right? Maybe three years, two years, whatever it is. Um, you measured twice this time, only caught once. I haven't started measuring anything, just ripping stuff out. And then, so probably the worst part about ripping it all out was that, so you take this um, cement board, right? And you screw that down before you put that in tile. And you put that in and then you put grout over top of your screws. So the cement goes into the screws. So you can, can't just screw them out then. So then I had to take either a channel lock or a vice grips and unscrew them with a, like essentially a pliers. And that was not fun. Ugh. Dude, I remember yeah. we had that remodeling going on at the men's locker room at the fitness center. And we just hired... You know how government contracts go? It's like goes to the lowest bidder within reason or whatever. I don't even know exactly yep. how it works. Yep. But you could definitely tell we got the lowest bidders for sure. Like I would have to stay. So they uh, obviously you can't. Well, I guess you could work on it while there was people there and we could like block it off. But we were trying to avoid that. So instead, I was just pushing my shift back. So I would work until like right around midnight, these guys were cool working until midnight. So they would get whatever the gym closed at eight or nine. So they would get three or four hours to do this. And I would just be sitting around the gym doing nothing. And I would just like go in there to make conversation. Cause I was bored and dudes would just be like covered in grout. And I didn't know shit at the time, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's, that can't be good for you. And I don't know. And like the floor was just like waves. Like they, they, it looked like they just were like trying to get a contract and it was like the first time they ever put a floor in. And then one yeah, time but it's not that hard, really like that floor is level. So it's not like super hard to do it. If it's already they were, level. 
they were making it look difficult. I'm pretty sure that was like the only time I've seen the government be like, nope, this isn't good enough. Like you need to go back. Yeah. Usually they do not care at all how well you do. <laughs> yeah. But then the other funny thing is I was like picking up beer and these guys, I think were just like living out of their van that they, they were like from like way North Minnesota, like, like past Minneapolis. So they like yeah. landed this contract and just drove a van down. And I think they were living out of that van. And I mean, I ran into them at the liquor store then. So I was like, I get what these guys are doing. You know, like it was just, they're just drinking beers during the day, going to try to lay this shit at night and having a good old time. Sorry, I de- derailed this. No, 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 that's good. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. I guess, I guess somebody's got to take that government money, right? Yeah. We t- I took, yeah. man, I take it too. They're not like, like I said, I watched a movie today. They paid me for that. So uh, my my over just came tonight. I'm going to ask you to say a little cheers with me. Uh, my third grade flag football team just got its first win. <laughs> Dominant defense. Are you Dominant guys the defense. Are you guys the Falcons? Yep. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. yeah. And so gave up zero points, scored two touchdowns. Got I they were just like doing what they were supposed to do tonight. And it it just it was awesome. I'm so excited about it. I'm proud Weird. of you guys. I'm that excited about a third grade football game. Oh no. <laughs> that's that's your first win as a head coach, isn't it? Yep. That's awesome. I'm basically Bill Belichick now. I remember I'm such a selfish person, but anyways, I'll try to tell the story quick. My nephew's baseball team was like just awful and they were losing every game that year. And for some reason I showed up one time, like I was going to the games when I was in town, but they didn't have enough coaches. So one of the coaches came over and was like, to my brother-in-law, he was like, can you coach baseball? And my brother-in-law coaches like hockey and stuff. And he's like, I don't want to deal with it. And I was like, oh, shit, I got my glove in the car. Like, I was excited to do it. Long story short, they won their only game of the season, the game I was coaching. So I was, like, pretty happy about that. So I know, anyways, that's where I was getting to. I know the feeling. I felt good about it. Yeah. Uh, And so, like, the Royal kids were – they weren't, like, being, like – they were being kids, right? But they were, like, putting up, like, L's on their forehead and, like, dancing at – the Brookwood kids so that like the Brookwood kids start giving it back and like they got the smack down laid on them. I was like, Nope, we don't do that shit. That ain't us. And then and here's another little under I dropped shit in the huddle twice on the kids. So I go before we even start, I go, all right, we're going to score a shitload of touchdowns tonight. And they all like freak out. And I was like, all right, let me rephrase that. And then I said, I can't remember the exact context I said it with the second time, but basically I'm going to get fired because I can't control my mouth. No, you probably got them fired up. Their parents are probably proud. So you guys beat Royal too? Yeah, that that's who we played today. So There you go. Took down your big brother. Yeah, and like that's the way they've always felt my whole life is that Royal is the big brother to Brookwood. And at one point I was the big brother, right? I was on those teams that, Brookwood couldn't beat, and then all of a sudden I was on those teams that Brookwood couldn't win. So, yeah, 
Well, nice work. Proud of those Brookwood Falcons going out there getting W's. That's what's up. Yeah, pretty happy about it. Albert, all right, where are your unders at? All right, so my under was the one of the dumbest I've ever felt in my life. So I'm done with school Friday. I'm in a hurry. I got to get to drill over in Jacksonville. Drill's two and a half hours away. So I drive two and a half hours east to get to drill. And like in my head, like whatever, I'm like, I got to get to drill. I like to leave around noon so I can get there at 2.30. I usually like get some sort of workout in and then I'll work on homework like until I have to go to bed that night because that's just what I use drill weekends for. I'm like, there's no excuse to like drink. Like don't every once in a while, I'll go out and have a couple beers with some guys from drill. So I'm in a hurry to try to leave by noon and everything is just going wrong for me. Like I can't find my keys. Finally, I find my keys. I have all my stuff packed. Then my, my wife's awesome. So she does a little check with me before I leave. And she's like, you got this, you got that, you got this, you got that. And I was like, yes, I got everything. And she looked at my wrist and I, I wear an Apple watch pretty consistently. And she's like, where's your watch? And I did not know where my watch was for the life of me. And I had the last I knew I had it on my wrist. Anyways, my watch broke. So this took an extra 30 minutes. My watch broke and it was just like laying on the floor somewhere or the band broke. So like the watch is still fully functional. I just need a different band. But anyways, I'm starting to get pissed off because I got my schedule now. Like that's what I'm trying to do is keep a schedule. and. So get on the road about 30 minutes late, end up getting to drill at three o'clock, go in. They usually have my room key on uh, a desk there. And I walk in the door to get my room key. And we have a couple people there on state active duty right now. And the, the sergeant that was in there, she was like, what are you doing here today? And I was like, I'm here for uh, drill weekend. I'm just coming in to get my room key real quick. And she was like, we don't have drill this weekend. And I was like, and at first I thought she was messing with me. Because I was like, we definitely have drill. And she was like, no, like, look at the schedule, man. It's the 14th and the 15th. So I drove two and a half hours to find out that I didn't have drill. And like, the more I thought of it, the dumber I felt like I didn't look at my schedule one single time. I just had, I was like a bird migrating South in the winter or whatever. Like it was just in my head that I had drill and I just drove there to find out I had to drive right back home, which was a big, big bummer. And like I said, nothing was going right for me that day. Like I couldn't even get out the door on time. And then I find out I didn't even need to go out the door. So I was beating myself up pretty good about that. Like I was like, God, that's so stupid. And I'm going to get shit for that for like, I don't know, probably the rest of the time I'm in this unit. Yeah. Maybe your whole career, right? Oh yeah. Yep. So that was my under, um, I guess it's kind of funny looking back at it. My wife thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I haven't heard ask what she said. Yeah. Like, yeah. She just laughed at me. Like it's, it's yeah. par for the course with me. 
Yeah, that's something that's definitely something that I would do if it was like a routine thing, like the second weekend of every month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it would have been. That you go to drill and then they just switched it one time, I would have been fucked. I would have went, right? Now, oh, yeah. like my wife probably would have been like, Did you check the schedule? And she would have asked me a thousand times and I would have said, Yeah, 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 it's good. We're going. <laughs> it's good. It's on. Then I go and then she would have been like, You're an idiot. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was just weird to me. Like I didn't even think of checking the schedule. I just knew I had drill. Like I was like so yeah. sure that I had drill that it was, it was ridiculous. But then anyways, getting off of it for my over, once I got back from my five hour drive, I had a pretty good weekend, got to watch all the football I wanted to. I had a bunch of stuff to catch up because the weekend before I was back in Wisconsin partying like an animal and got all that stuff caught up. So it, it was a pretty good weekend, pretty lame over, but, but it was definitely a needed lame over. I needed a nice lame weekend to get shit back on track because I can fall behind quick, fast in a hurry when I am an irresponsible hammered person wandering wandering wisconsin so needed it yeah and i think i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago that having a couple weekends where you can just chill is really really pleasant like i like actively seek stuff like that quite often like i'd rather just not do anything at all than or like do my own thing you know if i'm doing the bathroom in my house sometimes like that's like a good break from going to the Dells or fucking doing something that's fun, like a wedding, but that stuff drains you pretty good too. Yeah, no, uh, we're pretty happy in our house. Like we don't have anything coming up anytime soon. Like we're sticking around here for Christmas, Thanksgiving, not traveling. So we're going to lay low for probably the longest period of time since we've been together. So I am looking forward to that. So, but I do have drill next weekend now. So I got to make that five hour drive again <laughs> next week. Make sure you check your schedule. No, I definitely, that's never going to happen again. But how about we roll into the meat of the show, what the people are here for the Badgers, the Packers, the NFL week five breakdown. You ready, Mike? Are you ready for this? Yeah, I think so. So I'm pretty excited about the Badger breakdown for sure. Yeah, dude. Mike was Nostradamus in this one. Uh, I couldn't believe your call with us just going out there and airing out the ball. But I'm just going to read my notes here real quick. But anyways, the Badgers looked like they were having a lot of fun. Um, I say that, then I would screw up reading my notes right away. But anyways, it, it just looked like a team that was out there having fun. Got a fire lit under their ass. I think they looked like a team that had nothing to lose. Uh, and it was it was fun to watch them play. Granted, they were playing against one in six or one in five. I can't, yeah, one of five Northwestern. So who's to say like how, how much of a fire was really lit under this ass? Like maybe if Paul Chris wasn't fired, you know, we still beat him the same way. But I, I don't think we 
beat him by. So if Paul Chris is there, maybe we beat him by the same amount, but I definitely don't think we beat him uh, the same way, but there was nothing really to say that was bad about uh, Badgers this game. So lots of new wrinkles in the playbook. Defense looked great. They were intercepting the ball every time they got a chance. Mertz looked like a stud. Like, I don't know what he looked like. He was playing Illinois back in his first start ever. Um, DK looked like a super competent, good receiver. Braylon Allen was back on track, uh, even tossed that touchdown pass. Looked like a young Walter Payton. And like Mike's spicy meatball last week, he said they're going to, that Bobby Ingram's going to take control of this offense and they're going to air the ball out and score over 40 points for the rest of the season. Nice work, Mike. I'm going to give you your flowers right there. I, I was very happy. I even texted you during the game. I was like, did you read something that said that they were going to do that? Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I didn't. I just thought that, one, something has to change, right? That you have to do something differently for this game. You can't come out and just three yards in a cloud of dust after you fire the coach that's willing to call the offense exactly that same way. Now, if Bobby Ingram's trying to save his job, he has to do something different. He has to put it into the guy you think is the man, right? So we thought when Mertz was recruited that he is going to be the savior of the program, the guy that takes us to something of a playoff or pushes us towards a national championship, right? That's what we were hoping Graham Mertz was. You have to use him like he is that person. And I think if Bobby Ingram decides to go back to like, Three yards in a cloud of dust. We'll see what happens. We'll just dig it out in the trenches. He's going to get fired, right? So that's not what the Badgers are looking for. And so I just kind of took a wild guess that he flips the offense on his head, passes more than he runs. The runs then get six or seven yards of carry rather than three. And we're more successful. Yeah, no, you were absolutely right on that one. And I hope you're like right that obviously I, I don't think the Badgers are going to turn into like a, what you would call it, like a Washington state back in the day, pass yeah. offense. I don't know. Washington state, they're living rent free in my head still to this point. But, but yeah. I mean, that, that wasn't even the same team that beat us that like old air raid offense uh, with Leach. but, but yeah, we're not going to turn into that, but like the willingness they had to throw the ball was just ridiculous. And then I'm just going to run down like the team stats because they just beat the shit out of them in every aspect. So we beat them in yards, total yards, 515 to 342. Uh, passing yards, 322 to 263. Rushing yards, 193 to 79. And then always the biggest stat here is uh, we turn the ball over. Or I mean, we didn't turn the ball over. We, we got three turnovers to none and we owned the ball 34 minutes 16 seconds to 25 minutes and 44 seconds but Mertz has his best stat line probably since that Illinois game I mean I didn't go back and look at the Illinois game but he goes 20 for 29 299 yards and five touchdowns uh like I said DK 
10 receptions, 185 yards, three touchdowns. Braylon Allen, 23 yards, 135 or 23 carries, 135 yards. And then he has that passing touchdown to Malusi, which man, he looked like he wanted to throw that ball so bad. It wasn't even like the easy, like, oh, we're going to pitch the ball. Nobody's covered. Like it was like they pitched the ball to him and he turned into a quarterback. And what I'm going to tell everybody here is a gem. If you look up Walter Payton's passing touchdowns, it is amazing. Did, did you look at it when I sent it to you or did you just no, brush it I just assumed. I was like, oh, yep, he's right. They passed a bunch. I didn't. I didn't look at it at all. So you I got to watch the YouTube video or something. I know. Dude, he drops dimes. It, and it, I won't say it was quite like that. Like, Malusi had some work to do after uh, that. But I'm stuck on the Walter Payton passing touchdowns. Like, he was throwing, like, back shoulder fades and shit like that. Very impressive. But anyways, back to the Badgers. Just an all-around great win. Made me feel good inside. Made me feel good about the firing. I just want to fire more people now. Like <laughs> I, I'm like, that is the absolute fix all. But before we fire everybody, uh, I would agree that for like a one game period, firing a guy, if you needed to win one game, firing one or two people really like makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, I think that we can go back to like, I forget what year Yost got fired, maybe like 2012 or something like that, somewhere somewhere in there. And like they fired him, made the playoffs because they fired. Maybe it was 2008 or 2009, first year yeah. they made the playoffs. You could be right. Like 2008, I think, was definitely the first year. That was like when Braun hit the big bomb at the end of the season to lock up the game. I think there was like two games left, and the magic number was one. So we locked it up one game before, and I'm pretty sure it's a wild card game. I got a wild card shirt, so I'm assuming it was a wild card game that my parents were at that bought me the shirt. But yeah, looking a little further ahead in our schedule, because like I said, it, it's tough to really uh, determine how good this, this team was after the firing, after playing uh, Northwestern. But we have Michigan State. So that's not looking like too big of a challenge. I, I don't know. We got the we got the Big Ten West left, basically. So Jim Leonard kind of gets Michigan, Michigan State and then and then all the West. Yeah, Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland. So I guess we go uh oh, well, Maryland comes to us, but the Maryland from the east. And then Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. So the only one from the East that we're getting is Maryland. Um, but yeah, I, well, I'm going to do one last little check here and then I'm going to let you take over. But I just want to see where we're sitting. So we are one and two in conference, and Illinois is that team in first place in the West at two and one. Um, I think I was looking at their schedule though, and I think they're going to run into a big dog in Michigan. So I guess they don't have Ohio state on the docket, but 
the the West is still semi winnable. I think that Illinois team is actually pretty damn good. Uh, yep, I they didn't look I think... great against Iowa, but they beat Iowa in a game where it looked like Wisconsin was playing Iowa this weekend, nine to six. So they kind of took Wisconsin football from Wisconsin this year for sure. Yep, I think they have a strong defense and their running game is pretty good. Um, their running game is like the best in the nation. I mean, yeah. granted, weighing it against the opponents, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I would assume their opponents are okay, right? So everybody's opponents have been similar here going from the jump. Yeah, I mean. Then I was defense isn't anything to like sneeze at. It's their offense that can't do shit. Yeah. And I mean, a win's a win, uh, especially against Iowa. But yeah, beat Iowa nine to six. They lost to Indiana. So we'll see how that plays out. But it's college football. So who knows? Yeah, I yeah. think that honestly, they could run into a, to something where like one of their big guys goes down. DeVito went down in that game, right? Um, I do not have that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he got hurt. And so like that could affect them long-term too. Yes. You know, they have a guy that's the backup quarterback instead of your starter. So. Yeah. They're saying his status versus still or versus Minnesota next week is still unknown. So it sounds like just from reading one sentence that it's not awful, but like it might keep him out for a week. Um, and yeah, having oh, okay. that 10 year starter in Tommy DeVito is, is probably a pretty good thing to have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I would just say that the Badgers did what they should do every year in Northwestern. Right. So hopefully we'll never see another loss that at Northwestern again, but I guess my take on this is that Northwestern isn't good. Yeah. No, and the next game will be something of us. We're going to be measuring this team for the rest of the season. Like, is this something we want to keep around? Do we want to keep these players? Do we want to keep these coaches? Like, what happens from here on out? And that's that's going to happen every game. So if you think that, oh, you know, Bobby Ingram's a staple now that we had one good game against Northwestern and Northwestern. And Jim Leonard is a staple because of this. Like, I don't think that that's accurate. No, and I'm definitely not saying that. I, I'm saying it's a breath of fresh air uh, after a firing. Because if you listen to the last episode, you kind of know, like, my opinion going in is, sure, I thought we were going to win, but I thought it was going to be, like, kind of a scrap. But it it wasn't at all. Wisconsin just beat the living shit out of them. Um, Northwestern's only touchdown comes late in the fourth. I don't think it was late in the fourth quarter, but like in the fourth quarter, late in the game. And then we marched down the field and got another touchdown again, just to beat them by 35. So they were listening to Mike. They were like, we're going to make Mike right. We're going to throw the shit out of the ball and we're going to score over 40 points a game for the rest of the season, making Mike look pretty smart through one week. Yeah, I mean, 
I think that's the way they need to kind of operate their offense from here on out is that they need to be flashy, right? Which is something we've avoided for the majority of the last 30 years. Yeah. And then guys like me wonder why quarterbacks don't come to us, even though I st- I'm still puzzled by that is like the way Wisconsin used to play is like, if you get a competent quarterback in there, whatever, I'm beating a dead horse when I'm saying that is, I just thought it would be like a good place for, for a quarterback to go. Cause low pressure. If you, you know, get 15 throws a game, your first two years, and then they, you can get trusted, but Mertz has kind of been, the guy where they te- put that to the test and hasn't really paid off yet, but whatever did this week. Yeah. For My thing is like, I never understand why top end running backs don't go to the Badgers. Like why we don't have four, just like five star dominant running backs every year. I don't get it. Yeah. We just have whatever four, three to four star running backs that, outperform five-star running backs yeah and like to be fair we've been very good at developing and recruiting um underrated guys we've been very very good at that forever yeah yes we have all right mike you got anything more for the badgers are you ready to talk about the packers i don't want to talk about the fucking packers yeah it was a rough one in in london this weekend Everyone was sadly drinking at the pub after this game. Yeah. So, I mean, let's jump into what we had. And we basically had, we had, we get a loss to the Giants who have beaten both number one seeds from last year's NFL, which pretty good. Maybe the Giants are actually okay. Uh, I think that going into the, you know, going into the game, we were dominating them. So it ends up being 20 to 10 at the end of the first half. And the Packers basically do nothing for the rest of the game. Starting the second half, it appeared that Aaron Rodgers and the offense didn't want to complete a play that was less than 20 yards. And so by trying to do that, they completed no plays at all. Uh, They just kept throwing it deep, and I don't understand that. They had Aaron Jones, who had nine carries through the first, like, three quarters or something like that. That needs to be double that number. Um, I want to say that I looked at somebody, like, maybe like a Jamal Williams over in Detroit that had, like, 21 through the first three quarters. And I was like, that's what you need to be doing with, Jones and Dylan, and you're not doing that. Now I get that they get passes and things like that. And we have a dominant quarterback, but if you're giving the ball to Jones two times for every throw, Aaron Rodgers is going to have wide open play action looks, wide open play action looks. First down, like you're going to have this look that is just amazing. Now, your wide receivers have to catch that ball and all that shit, but you can't just throw it downfield and like on a hope and a prayer. And that's what it felt like they did from the 
maybe like the beginning of the third quarter to the middle of the fourth. Yeah, no, it is a good point there. Cause yeah, Jones has 13 carries for 63 yards, uh, 4.8 yards a carry. And we go away from them. And Cobb has seven receptions on 13 targets. Alan Lazard has four receptions on eight targets. And then Dobbs has three receptions on five targets. So yeah, we were we were missing wide receivers. We were we were looking for Cobb and Lazard, maybe a little too much. Um it, it just it seems weird because taking that 20 to 10 lead, you would think you would just be like, okay, we're going to run the shit out of the ball. And then we're, we're going to hit them with play action when we can do that. Uh, defense also, I don't know. It seems like Barry lays off the, the gas once he gets the lead, which is a little scary. Like you kind of want a yep. defensive coordinator that'll put his foot down on your throat. Like, you kind of got to have a nut sack. Like it seems like he gets his defenses complacent when they have a big lead. Like he, he basically goes into like no big plays. And when you got Barkley on a no big plays defense, he can make big plays in yeah. like, if you swing it out to him, like he can make, five guys miss in the secondary and that's kind of what he did to us and what i would rather see out of a defense is you get a lead you got a 10 point lead right to start the second half and your defense is coming onto the field for that first drive and like it's not like the giants did anything on that drive they didn't do anything special maybe got a field goal right possibly yeah. got a field um i'd like to say all right we got a 10 point lead which means until they're within seven points of us, let's make a big play, right? So I want my defense to make big plays. I don't care if their offense makes a big play because we still have a lead. Our offense can do whatever they want against us, against them. As a defense, let's make a big play. And it doesn't feel like that's ever the case, that we're chasing the big play on defense. We're always just don't, don't break, don't break, don't break, don't break. Well, sometimes if you make a big play, that changes the whole game. And it doesn't ever feel like we're trying to make the big play. Sometimes yeah. we make it, right? But like it doesn't ever feel like we're trying to make it. Yeah. And hopefully that's a lesson learned for him. Cause yeah, it's just, it, it feels like just a prevent defense for anytime we get up in the game. Like, especially when it looks like the offense is just going to be clicking throughout the game. But yeah, that offense, like you said, started looking just for bombs or or whatever it was, but they just stopped producing. And then we have a defense that's just letting them nickel and dime us to death. Um, and I, I will still say, like, even into the fourth quarter when they tied it up at 2020, I was still like, oh, we got this, like the Patriots game. I still didn't get too worried. And I don't want to be the person to hit the panic button first, but it sure does seem like we need something to change in the, in the receiving room. Like it, it seems like we need to sign somebody. It seems like someone needs to get things clicking because we do not have many weapons. Cobb has looked like a beast this year, uh, but 
that's probably not a great thing, I guess. Like, because nope. it's basically Cobb and Lazard and then um, Dobbs, you know, will show up here and there. Um, I mean, so I he's had that, a good uh, season so far, but. I think Watkins getting hurt doesn't help anything, right? And Watson's hurt too. So not ideal. I think Watson being hurt is basically MBS being hurt. So MBS was take the top off the defense. This guy's faster than everyone on the field. If I just chuck it deep a couple times a game, which I do agree with. I think the Mike McCarthy attitude towards offense is really good, right? At least once a quarter, you have to take a shot. Keep the defense honest. If you complete that shot, teams are screwed. Right. Are you so, t- are you actually talking about Mike McCarthy or are you saying Matt LaFleur? So Mike McCarthy's oh, okay. uh, so you were I, ideology when he came in was that at least once a quarter, we're going to take a deep shot. Yeah. We're going to take a shot on a huge play. And I can agree with that. I just don't know if you need like three plays at 20 yards plus every quarter. Right. Especially when we have two what appear to be very dominant running backs. It almost feels like both our offense and our defense get bored when they get up 10 to 15 points, right? They get 10 or 14 up. They're like, all right, let's just coast it into a win. And teams aren't dealing with that. Our like teams go out and complete those scores. And then it turns into like a chaotic game. Yeah. And I I underestimated the Giants for sure. I Me still too. think that the Packers should have won that one. Um, I seen yeah, a poll. But Vegas underestimated uh, underestimated them pretty massively as well. I think that we had it at eight, and it moved to like nine and a half. Yeah, but that's one thing too with a Packer line, though. Packer lines, I feel like, are hard to tell because I feel like Packers have like the loyal dipshits that bet on them every time, like you and I. Um, and I think it's, I think it's pretty standard for the Packers to, to be a little overestimated in the line. Um, and I think if you look at it this year, we gotta be the only time we gotta be one in four versus the line. The only time beating them is versus the Bears. Bears. I want to say, yeah. So we were favored in the Vikings game. We were favored in this game by eight. We were favored in the Patriots game by nine. And then, so who who else? We're looking at the Bears. We've won that one, I think, against the spread. Bucks. Who's our other game? We might have covered. No, because I think we were two and a half point favorites in Tampa. Yeah, but I could we be wrong. About about two and a half, right? What was the score? No, it was 16 to 14 or something like that. It was a two point okay. victory. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even if you're two and three against the spread, that Packers team that played in London for the first half should have covered. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely two different teams that we saw out there. But do you have any more on the Packer game? Uh, so I think that you're correct in stating that we should go out and sign somebody. Um, it appears that 
and I don't necessarily like Odell, right? I don't like what he does to a team. I think a one-year contract with the Packers would be awesome. One-year contract, I don't think you ever give him more than one year. If you give him more than one year, he turns into a cancer to the team. One year, he's a perfect player. Yeah, And I think and I they think, should do it now. I think uh, if you got a guy like Rodgers, but I'm curious where the Odell sweepstakes is going because I feel like Odell can be pretty picky about where he wants to go. And I think he can go to the team that he thinks is the easiest to win, win a ring. So I don't know if Buffalo is going to want to do anything to like shirt up, but I mean, the Rams don't look like they're in contention to be talked about getting a ring, but I, I guess I could just see him going to like the chiefs or like someone speaking of that chiefs are down 20 to 10 at halftime, but like just someone where he doesn't have to do that much and he can still get a ring, but he can still do a lot if, if need be, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so if you're a wide receiver who's willing to like gamble on themselves, right. To, Say, all right, give me a one-year deal, right? That's all I want. I all I want is one-year deals from here on out. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna wait until week five, and then I'm gonna sign with whoever I think is gonna be the the Super Bowl champ, right? So whoever he deems, he can probably still make just shitloads of money. Oh yeah, one-year like- deals like just hold out and wait and wait and wait, and then you could take a big deal too, I suppose. I feel like Gronkowski's in the same boat. Like, I don't know where he is on, on signing, not signing. I mean, I think I'd rather have Odell Beckham, but it would just be nice to have like another big receiving threat or a big receiving threat, but you brought it up. I honestly forget about Watkins already. Um, And I know he's on the IR, so he's missing at least four games so when did he go on i think after week i think week two so but it could have been week three too so like he might be out till week seven or week eight and maybe he's out till week 15 i don't know yeah yeah no i was trying to look it up so sammy watkins will miss at least four games uh starting sunday and that was september 24th when this report came out with a hamstring injury, he's on the IR. Friday update, the Packers have officially ruled Watkins out. Um, that's an old report, though. Um, I probably should have done a little bit better digging, but whatever. So, so he can what, come back the 30th or whatever. So Yeah. So that'd be his this first month, game back. Yeah. And it would just be nice to have, have another guy like that back in there. Um, well, at the receiver. very least, he's a great run blocker. At the yeah. very, at the very worst, and I, I don't think he has bad hands or anything like that. I would assume that his route running is like questionable, and that's why, like Mahomes didn't hit him a bunch, and Lamar Jackson didn't hit him a bunch. But if he's a threat on the field, which I think he is, because he's fast, and like, do you have Aaron Rodgers? And if you have to think about him, that gives opportunity to other guys. Yeah. I mean, when he was healthy, he was on the field quite a bit. And that says something. So, 
because yeah, you just need another option than Lazard, uh, Cobb, and Dobbs. That because those are both, if we're being honest, like those are three pretty average receivers. Like I could see Allen coming well, to a I think point Dobbs, where he's above average, and Dobbs as well. I think I, mean, I think Dobbs, Dobbs is, is the average because he's a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I can deal with that, right? So we watch below average Devonte Adams for two years. Yeah, yeah, and but that's the thing; it's just not going to cut it this year. Having like we need Dobbs to step up and be, and, and let so, Watkins come come back and do something good. And so, honestly, Dobbs and Watson could come back and by week ten, like turn into veteran wide receivers. That's what they expect. Is that the first? 10 to 12 games are learning curve games. And then we scraping those out and come later in the season, they become veteran wide receivers who do the right things. Like hopefully Dobbs learns that it's not okay to go to the ground soft with a ball. It's not okay to let a D back rip it out of your hands. Right? So we watched that in the preseason where a guy rips it out of his hands, or maybe the, no, I think it was in the preseason, where it rips it out of either Watson or Dobbs' hands. Dobbs falls to the ground in last week's game and drops a ball, uh, the game-winning ball, too. It's like, it's not, it's not some, like, just random catch. That's the game-winning touchdown, and he drops it because he hits the ground funny. Hopefully, he's learned that that's the one thing you can't do. You know, like those are learning points. And by week 10, he's got enough of those learning points that he turns a little bit of a corner. He doesn't have to become the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he needs to advance throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, so I kind of, uh, shit on our schedule coming up and it ends up being a better schedule than I thought we were going to have. So next week against the Jets, the Jets are looking like they're playing some pretty all right football. So we'll see. Playing well. I, I'm not going to hit the panic button until I see what they do. But I'm going to ask you real quick, Mike, what do you think? Is it relax or is it uh, get up tight? I don't know what the opposite of relax is. <laughs> right. Uh, so I think that the – what the Packers have to do is stay, stay intense, right? So like relax, we have the talent, right? So fans need to relax because the talent is there. The problem that we're having is that we are, we are too uptight when it comes to like, and when I say we, the coaching staff is too uptight about, um, on defense, they're too uptight about giving up a touchdown. Like, we can't give up any touchdowns. If we give up a touchdown, we're going to lose the game. And that's not accurate. And then on offense, they're like, well, we can do whatever. We're dominating. Let's just let's just do, like, wing it around. Like, second half, we're up 10 points. We got to wait for them to, like, really contend us before something bad happens. And then all of a sudden, shit goes sideways and we're we're losing. Or we're tied and we have to go into overtime, which is a crapshoot, especially in the NFL. Um, so I think that 
offense needs to tighten up about their game plan. You know, like, so you script, script the first 15 plays on of a game, right? And things go super well. Just script the first 15 plays of the first half and then script the first 15 games of the uh, plays of the second half. And maybe we blow people out 35 to 10 every game, right? And then I think Joe Barry needs to take the attitude of instead of don't give up the big play, make the big play. We're up 10. If you miss the big play and you give up a touchdown, after that, we don't give up the big play anymore, right? Let our offense come back, get a touchdown, and then we play good defense from there on out. Like, depending on where we're at, like, you play in that situation. And the situation should be don't give up the big play. It should be make the big play on defense. I like it. I let think our, that's Let our guys like Alexander and Gary and Smith and Campbell and uh, – Amos and Savage, let them make plays. Those are good ass players. Let them make plays. I like it, and I, I do. I think we're gonna get we're gonna get back on track. I think this Packers team is a pretty nasty team that just needs to figure out what they're gonna be doing. So, I was thinking today, watching this uh, Raiders Chiefs game, how much Devontae Adams is. I mean, they're winning tonight, but. If we could have kept him, but whatever. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Uh, didn't look yep. like he was staying, but let's roll on. So we are going to go to the Bing Bong Challenge. So just to recap the Bing Bong Challenge real quick. So Mike and I bet 100 Bing Bongs on every game with 10% juice. Uh, if we win the game, that means we get 100 Bing Bongs. If we lose the game, that means we lose 110 Bing Bongs. At the end of the season, so after the Super Bowl, who's ever losing has to run or has to shotgun a sundrop right before they run a 10K in a shirt of the winner's choosing. And then at the end of the race, they have to do a shoey and smoke three cigarettes. So that is the most original challenge we could come up with. And I think it's fairly manageable. Uh, but, but looking at it, Mike, you want to, you might want to start running here soon. So this week, Mike goes seven, eight, and one, losing 180 bing bongs, dropping to negative 390 bing bongs on the season. So if you've been betting with Mike, you're, you're losing money. Uh, then I go eight, seven, and one, winning 30 bing bongs. And I have been making a big comeback here and I am down to negative 280. So if you're betting with any of us, you are not winning money, but you're also not losing that much money. So we're kind of wavering yeah. it. It looks like we're we're battling for 500 this year in our coin flip battles of the year. I'll be plus a thousand by the end of the season. I figure you'll be plus 600 at least. Yeah, that's how we rolled last year. We both were up like a fair amount of money by the end of it. All right. So I'm going to be testing Mike. This is, this is prime time, Mike. We're going to roll through these games the fastest we've ever rolled through these games, but you guys get to see the magic that I get to see every week. And Mike is just going to be rolling off the top of his dome. So first game we had this week, uh, 
not counting the shitty Thursday night game. We have Steelers at the Bills. And what do you got, Mike? So Steelers at Bills. Uh, Gabe Davis and Josh Allen basically pick apart the Bills. Uh, Diggs is in there. I think the Bills had – so they score 38 points. They have like 100 in like 30 yards of rushing, right? So it's it's low. Their top rusher, I think, had 31 yards. It was uh, their rookie cook. Took one to the house for 24 yards at late in the game. Um, basically, the Bills are the show in the, in the AFC, and the Steelers need to figure something out. This is not something that happens to the Steelers very often. And maybe with T.J. Watt not being there, that affects them that much on defense. I mean, so... I would imagine that he's similar to his brother and is a little bit of a heartbeat of the team. But for the most part, uh, the Steelers look like shit and the Bills dominate. That's a beautiful mind there. That's Mike right off the top of the dome. So next game we have there is Chargers at the Browns. The Chargers end up winning this one 30-20. This was just a shit show at the end of the game. Uh, the Browns could have won it by running the ball and kicking field goal. Instead, they throw a pick. Uh, Chargers get the ball back. And what do you think, Mike? Uh, game's over, right? I don't know. Nope. <laughs> Mike's boy, Brandon Staley, goes for it on a fourth down from his own 48-ish, leaves the Browns essentially in field goal range when they don't get that first down. Uh Luckily, for Mike's boys' sake, uh, Staley, uh, Browns missed the field goal, so the Chargers get lucky twice and win this one. Uh, This was a battle of the backs, though. Uh, Eckler had 16 carries, 173 yards. Kelly had 10 carries, or 10 10 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown for uh, or not San Diego, Los Angeles. And then the Browns backs, Chubb and Hunt, combined for, oh, I'm doing math in my head, three touchdowns. That wasn't the math that I was doing in my head. But uh, Two and one and three, Pat. Two and one and three. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's I, see this math in your head. I got it already. Go, 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 go. Fast, fast, uh, fast. What's the, what's the number? 151. 181. Nice try, though. Oh, yep. Yeah. That's a seven and one. Yep, one eighty one. Now I'm embarrassed. All right, Mike, what do you got for that? You're all good. All right, so uh, Bears versus Vikings at the Vikings. Vikings are pretty dominant in this game early. They're up twenty one to ten, much like the Packers. Packers couldn't hold on to Bear. Uh, the Vikings definitely do, but the Bears do come away with a backdoor push. Kind of pisses everybody off. Dalvin Cook has a nice game, two touchdowns. Not a not at like a boatload yards or anything like that, but uh, Vikings good offensively, not so great defensively. Bears just not a good team uh, for the most part. If you're going to be watching the Bears, just assume that they will not cover and they will not play well. Yeah, and if you're watching the Vikings, assume Jefferson's going to get over a hundred yards receiving because dude's a beast. Yep. 
All right, next game we have is the shit kicking of the week. We have the Lions at the Patriots. The Patriots beat the Lions 29 to nothing. Just an absolute ass whooping in this one. Uh, the Patriots bring the Lions back behind the woodshed and just beat them like they stole something. Uh, Detroit couldn't get anything going when it mattered. Zappy looked like a pretty competent third string quarterback. Like I'd be happy if that was uh, uh, my third string quarterback. And then Stevenson, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, just a beast in this one, uh, ran the ball right down Detroit's throat, uh, 25 carries, 161 yards. And I think he had a receiving touchdown. I don't think he got one on the ground, but anyways, good game for that guy. And Nick Folk has still, Got it. I want to say he was four for four kicking field goals, but I didn't write that note down. But he was knocking the ball through the uprights. What do you got in the next game, Mike? So uh, Saints or Seahawks were at Saints. The Saints win this game like we kind of expect. Taysom Hill has like a weird domination of this game. I want to say that he had three rushing touchdowns and then a throwing touchdown on top of that which now that I'm saying it seems kind of dumb, right? Like that doesn't make sense to me. But if I remember correctly reading it, that Taysom Hill dominated this game. And then the Seahawks like oddly have a lot of offensive production against a defense that I thought was really, really good. Um, Tyler Lockett played pretty well. Geno Smith played pretty well. But In the end, Saints defense gets it done, and Taysom Hill, once out of every four weeks, shows up and scores four to five touchdowns. So, Yeah, no, you're right. So he had nine carries, 112 yards, three touchdowns, and then I think he dropped a dime in there. So, yeah, you you were 100%. Yeah, I think he threw one, too. Uh, Yeah, one of the more fun games of the weekend that I was watching on Red Zone. So, yeah, good game there. Uh, next game we have is the Dolphins at the Jets, and the Jets beat the Dolphins 40-17. to 17. Uh, Jets started this one out early with a safety to set the tone of the game. I think that's the play that ne- uh, knocked uh, Bridgewater out of the game. Um, but this game was actually a lot closer than the score made it look. Uh, it was actually 17 to 19 going into the fourth quarter. And the Dolphins actually missed a field goal for a shot to take a 20 to 19 lead. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, it was all Dolph or it was all Jets. Uh, the third string quarterback for the Dolphins was just too much to overcome. And the Jets put everything together and lay Val Wood down in the fourth quarter. Uh, Wilson looked all right. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you look at the box score in this game, and I watched this one on red zone, um, it, it was a lot of big defensive plays for the Jets. So, I mean, rightfully so with the third string quarterback that they're playing against. Um, but, yeah, it, they didn't they didn't dominate anywhere other than like the turnover battle and just taking advantage of that turnover battle. But that's all you got to do to win a game that big. I mean, in the NFL, the margins are close. Like even on a good team versus a bad team, the margins are close enough that 
if you lose the turnover battle enough, you're done. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose the game. That's the way it goes. Spitz chiming in. He wanted to be on the show today. So there. Thank you, Spit. We appreciate it, dude. Yeah. You're a handsome mother farter. All right. What do you got for the next game, Mike? All right, Buccaneers at Falcons. Really, the Buccaneers kind of dominate this game all day. And then the Falcons start like coming alive in the fourth quarter. Um, there's a sketchy, I think is the nicest way to say it, um, roughing the passer penalty to take the game take the game from the Falcons and give it to the, the Buccaneers. So the Buccaneers end up winning by six, which I think is what we kind all kind of expected, but there's like a pretty standard tackle that call gets called roughing the passer and gives the Buccaneers a first down, allows them to kind of roll through the game, right? Um, it did appear that the Buccaneers should win this right out of the jump, though. So, yeah, it's kind of no. what I expected. Leonard, Leonard Fournette had a really big game. Um, he was the leading receiver in the game with uh, 83 yards and a touchdown, and then he had a touchdown on the ground as well. If I remember correctly. Yep. No, you nailed it. Uh, yeah. The only thing I get out of that is, yeah, Tom Brady is still an ageless wonder. Uh, the roughing the passing call was completely bullshit, but people put that on Tom Brady so much, but it's not him making that call. Uh, I think I'm turning into a Tom Brady defender, uh, but you are. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what it is about him, but. But yeah, no, he can still sling it. And it's just crazy to me because you think like you get late in your career like he is. Like I get why he's still playing, uh, barring his divorce coming up. But we don't have our TMZ portion of the show show back. But man, if I could throw the ball as good as him and like be as good as he looks playing playing football, as good as he looks in like real life, that would be cool too. But uh I wish I, I'm so happy that I don't look like him. Like I'm so much better looking than that guy is. So yeah, you're lucky though. You got some genes on your side, Mike, but anyways, yeah. The, I thought it was going to be a bigger blowout, but whatever. We'll roll on. I would have, I would have assumed a larger blowout too. And my thing about the, like the Brady call is that there's a real possibility that this slamming like a guy's head off the ground in a like leveraging him over your body during a tackle that they outlaw that the same way they did a horse collar tackle right so that's what took out Tua that's the same type of tackle that happened to uh Brady it's just like a weird tackle where it's like a suplex Kind of, but not even – neither of those tackles were like that like that much. But, like, it was leveraged over them where, like, they're pulling them and, and rolling at the same time. I could see that getting outlawed in next year's, like, rules meeting. Yeah, I sure hope not. I, I think there's got to be like – Me too, me too. I think yeah. that that's a pretty standard tackle. Yeah, no, I think there's got to be, like, some intent there. And you can tell on – like, if you watch some old-school football, like – some of the suplexes that guys do to quarterbacks just because they're, you know, a hundred pounds heavier than them. 
and can just whip them around like a wet rag doll. And I don't even think that was the case in Tua's or definitely not in this one. Um, it, it's just a strong guy that tackles them the way they do, kind of throws them over their head and brings them down with it. But, but whatever. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But, yeah, that was definitely the worst call that I've seen in recent memory. All right. So next game we have is uh, – and you – never mind. I won't even touch that. So the next game we have is the Titans at the Commanders, and the Titans win this game 21-17. to 17. This was a ultimate Carson Wentz poops his pants games. Um, anyways, till we get to that, uh, looked like two pretty solid defenses squaring off in this one. Uh, Henry's still a beast. Who would have thought that? But Carson Wentz had a whole fourth quarter to get four points. So I won't put it all on Carson Wentz because it was the, the commanders had the whole fourth quarter to get four points. And Carson Wentz just pooped his pants. To his credit, he brought the team down there, put them in a situation where they could win. And then he just had too much poop in his jockstrap and threw a big pick. Uh, can't get comfortable when he's down going in the fourth quarter, even though I think there's some like crazy stat that Carson Wentz is like one of the best. I think like if you look at comeback victories that Carson Wentz is like right up there with the guys. But I think that changed uh, after he got hurt in Philly and old Big Dick Nick took over for him. I think he lost some confidence or something because, yeah, he, he does not look comfortable down in the fourth quarter and he threw just a terrible pick to lose that game. If you're getting shit in your jock strap, you're doing something real wrong. I'm just saying, right? Like your jock strap should never be able to get <laughs> shit caught. In. It, he's got like a big one that like covers the, the cock and then like goes around and stretches to the butt. So his, his, his anatomy is all getting poopy. So maybe like because he knows he shits his pants, he's got a special jock strap that like just scoops that shit up and like sucks it right down to his balls or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's what but it like, seems if like. You, like a normal jock strap, it should just fucking leak through that fucking jersey or those pants, right? Yeah, you'll see it through the pants. That, that's why he always wears the black spandex under his uh, – under his pants. Yeah, good move. Good move. All, All right, right moving on to the Jaguars and the Texans. Uh, Texans at Jaguars. Um, I think you kind of expect the Jaguars to win this game, that their defense plays well and shuts the Texans down. Um, Damian Pierce, the running back for the Houston Texans, ends up with, like, they lean heavy on him, 28 carries. He ends up with 99 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown is the difference in this game. And really, like, two pretty bad teams, I think. I don't think the Jaguars as good as, are as good as what we thought they were early. They played a pretty banged-up Chargers team. Um, they beat the Colts, beat the brakes off the Colts, and then they tied someone else. First week no, of the season. Oh, no, 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 no. That was You're the Texans about the Colts. Colts. That was the Texans and the Colts. Uh, 
the Jaguars appear to be playing well, but they're still not there yet. Um, Trevor Lawrence had a rough game, two picks. Got a boatload of yards, but didn't put anything in the end zone, and that's tough to overcome. Yeah, no, kind of a shit burger of a game. But I agree I agree with your uh, sentiment that the Jaguars, I, I was pumping them up a little too much. I thought our boy Doug Peterson had them going a little bit better than they were. But next game we have is the 49ers at the Carolina Panthers, and the 49ers just handled the Panthers 37-15. to 15. Uh, The 49ers looked really good. Uh, Debo even got held in check, and they still beat the Panthers like that. Jeff Wilson Jr. runs wild, uh, 17 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jennings for the 49ers looks like he's inspired by Debo because that's another receiver that's tough to tackle. Uh, like I said, just a dominant performance by the 49ers. Um, but I was pretty happy to see Robbie Gold get hurt. Do you think that's do you think that's bad of me? After he no, said so the, that. That guy's a fucking evil villain, I think. He was dominant with the Bears. Makes you a terrible person right there. And then you beat the Packers last year and makes you really a shitty person. So, evil person. I don't want to see guys get hurt. And actually, I kind of like Robbie Gold for some weird reason, but... Oh, I don't. After he said, fuck the Packers, after he kicked the game-winning field goal against us last year, I was so pissed. Um, so, but, but to be fair, Pat, that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, it's true. But um, you should be so, rubbing that shit in those fucking guys' face. Like, I think that to some extent, Robbie Gold is like a cool kicker, and um, sometimes you get nerd kickers, and I think Robbie Gold's just this guy that's pretty chill and like an actual cool guy, and that's why you say fuck the Packers. Yeah, I still hate him, Mike. But anyway, big yeah, story. Yeah. I understand that I hate a guy that was on one of my favorite teams of all time. Like it was his 2012 Badgers. I hate him because he was a fucking douchebag. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, big news coming out of the game. Panthers head coach Matt Rule gets fired after that ass whooping. Uh, Mike sounds yeah, like even, that's I didn't even know that. Like I didn't like hear that anywhere, which is yeah. weird. I think that that should be like major, more major news that if I just like pull up like Yahoo. You should tell me. Yahoo, you're failing. Yeah, no, definitely news, though. All right, what do you got for the next one, Mike? All right, so Cowboys at Rams. Cowboys set the tone pretty early in this one, recover a fumble, and then end up scoring after that. Um, Don't know if it was on the fumble or not. I can't recall off the top of my head. But they set the tone, and then they just kind of keep working and keep working, keep working. They end up winning this game. The Rams' defense couldn't make stops when they needed to make stops, and their offense is basically Matt Stafford chucking it up to Cooper Cup, which isn't going to do it this year. right? So you need a secondary threat of some sort, whether that's in the running game or the passing game. The Rams don't have it. Cooper Cup does get a touchdown, gets 125 yards, but it's not enough to get wins in this league, to just have a good wide, one good wide receiver. Yeah, I definitely don't think the Rams are that good this year. Uh, that's my a bold – I don't even know if it's a bold prediction of mine, but I don't think the Rams are that good. Uh, this game did not surprise me 
at all. And that was my double dog, actually. I put picked the Cowboys to win that. I'm going to pump my own tires there. Anyways, next game we have is the Eagles head to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Uh, Eagles win this game 20 to 17. Um, I just want to say that I'm happy. I think I was early to the Hertz train. And I think this dude's a stud. He goes 26 for 36, 239 yards passing, 61 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. Um, but then on the other side of it, I do think the Cardinals are a good team. And I think when they get Hopkins back, uh, the Cardinals are, are a team to watch out for. Uh, in this game, big story was uh, Murray's boneheaded spike at the end of the game. So he slides a yard short on whatever. So he, it, it was second and one. So on third and one, they end up spiking the ball with 31 seconds left. So that brings it to fourth and one, uh, leaving his kicker a 41-yard field goal to tie the game. I ends up missing the game or missing the field goal to lose the game. But anyways, I thought Murray looked really good. I am hundred percent back on Murray. I don't care about the video games. I don't care about uh, the not watching enough tape. I think that's a guy that can win you games. Definitely was a boneheaded mistake uh, to spike that ball. I like to think in my head that he thought he got the first down so he could spike that, but it, it all happened so quick that who knows. Um, but yeah, my takeaway from this, uh, there was two good teams going at it, two teams that have pretty good defenses going at it. And when Hopkins comes back, I think the Cardinals are a playoff team. And I think they're a team to watch out for in the playoffs. Uh, and the Eagles team, obviously, they're still undefeated, so there's something to something to fart with. All right, last game, Mike. All right, Ravens at Bengals. Uh, the Bengals disappoint me again in the fact that they don't just dominate the Ravens in the fourth quarter. Basically, Lamar Jackson. This was a game that I think Lamar Jackson, like. I don't want to say proved why he shouldn't get paid because I think he should get paid, right? But he missed some wide open looks early in this game, maybe in the late second quarter, middle of the second quarter. He he just missed some like play action, guys running five yards in front of a guy down the field, overthrown. Maybe like three times that happened. Um, Joe Mixon looked pretty good. They said that the first quarter they had a pretty rough shot. Uh, the running game was pretty bad. But Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow both looked okay. Joe Burrow looks pretty pedestrian when teams scheme um, Jamar Chase out of a game. They scheme Jamar Chase out of a game. He looks rough. And now, granted, T. Higgins isn't in there. They're playing with their second wide receiver as uh, Tyler Boyd, which – isn't terrible, but isn't T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. The Ravens fail me again as my double dog covers for the second week in a row, but does not win, costing me 220 big bucks. Yeah. So I only charged you 220 this week, but last week I, I only charged you 10 for that. 
So we'll figure it out. But so, so our, I think uh, that technically that's a two twenty, which is which hurts me in in my soul due to the fact that the team that I thought would win covered, right? So it was two and a half points in this game, but I get it either way. Feels like yeah. shit. Yeah, whatever. It, it's whatever we're feeling that week. It's whatever keeps the score closer uh, is what we're going to go with uh, as of right now. But, Mike, that – well, let's give a little quick update. So it is – what is it? Monday night at 9.30 Central Time. And currently, right on the nose. currently the Raiders and Chiefs are playing. Chiefs are up 24 to 20. Um, if this game stays like this, I'm going to get an extra 100 big bonks. Mike's going to lose 110 big bonks, but we will see how it goes. And from there, we will go to Thursday night thunder. I need the sound effects, Mike. All right. So in Thursday night thunder, it definitely looks like we got a shit burger ahead of us. Um, we have the commanders at the bears and the line is a pick them. Uh, the over under is 39.5. I'm going to let you go first, Mike. So, I mean, in my brain, the Vegas is telling me just take the goddamn commanders. Cause this is an easy win for the commanders. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say Vegas is trying to trick me by trying to trick me. Right, so they're saying we're going to put this at a pick them, and everybody's going to take the Bears because they think that we're trying to trick them. They're not trying to trick us. It's Washington. They're going to win this game. They're going to win this game by fucking fourteen points. Yeah. No, I mean I'm very confused by the line as well. Uh, so, I'm so I do have that. Chicago minus one, which makes it even worse. On Yahoo, okay. that's what it's got is Chicago minus one. But I'll take the pick them. I don't care. But, like, ridiculous. Yeah, that makes me want to go Chicago. But I'm going to go with the Commanders as well. Uh, we're going we're gonna to double stamp. We're going to double stamp this one. Uh, we did it last week. We walked away victorious in our double stamp last week. But <laughs> Thursday Night Thunder, Commanders, Commanders is what we got. We're throwing up the W's this week. And let's that, go, commies. Yep. That will wrap it up for our show. As always, thanks for listening. We love you guys. We appreciate the support. Mike, do your thing. Tell, tell them what they need to do. All right. Subscribe. Subscribe on all of your people's devices. That's your kids, your wives, your girlfriends, your mistresses, everybody. Right. So anybody that's like in your life, steal their goddamn phone. Subscribe on there and then steal it again every Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon and Friday afternoon and play that fucker on silent so that we get a bunch of downloads. That's what we want. Like that would be perfect. And once you do that, if you're doubting the Packers, the Badgers, the Bucks, or the Brewers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came. Eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers King. Eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers King. 
Eat my shows. Eat my shows. <laughs>